Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Uh, Good morning and welcome to episode one, three, two, up, down, two, dunk. You can find us on The Athletic and anywhere else you subscribe to your podcast. Go to theathletic.com backslash down to dunk and get The Athletic for $1 a month for six months. I am Luke. Joined this morning by Andrew. But I gotta say, I'm just fired up to be here today. It's pretty cool. Pretty damn cool. Woo! Slam throw. Tail. Knock, knock. Who's there? Two. To who? Actually, it's to whom. I've got five on it. Grab your 40. Let's get keyed. I've got five on it. Forking with that in the wheat. Slam through. And Jay. It's Jay. That's, that's good. Thank you. Uh, we don't get that falsetto very often. No, not very often, but I was pretty sure I'd done that song before, so. I don't know if you have. Really? I don't know if I believe that. Uh-huh. I don't know if I believe I've that. Done, I've done thousands of songs at this point. Sure. Tens of thousands. So. I would say 1,324 mm. songs. If I, my <laughs> math is correct. Not quite. <laughs> really not even close to that. But. No. <laughs> I think, you're, I think, I think it's I'm more. right. I think it's more than that. I bet it's in the double digits. At least 20. 50? Yeah, at least at least at least 20. It was good, though. Thank you. It was a good version. Yeah, good job. Um, okay, so bad news. Yesterday, the Thunder told everybody that our our, our little boy, Alexei Pokashevsky... That's my, that's my son! Uh, ...fractured his humerus bone, and he'll be out for four to six weeks. Blow it up. Send the team back to Seattle. So I'm done. Listener at Hippo Dresser. How does the Poku arm injury impact the summer of Poku? Is the summer of Poku canceled? Hmm. Poku uh, party's over. I I I have seen a lot <laughs> of reactions to this. Poku Poku party is over is much different than Poku is over party. So don't worry, we're we're not having a Poku is over party. He's not canceled, but the party is over. The summer yeah. Poku yeah. is canceled. Uh we're looking forward to the autumn of Poku. I actually just think people are overreacting <laughs> to this a little bit. He, he, it's four to six weeks. So if it's four weeks, he's back at the beginning of July. Yeah. If it's six weeks, he's back in the middle of July. So he still has. Three full months before the season starts. So that's why I'm just, I think people are overreacting to this a bit. What sucks, like if we want to talk about how this really impacts Poku, this is having a broken arm 
in a cast over the summer yeah. is the worst. Yeah. It's hot. True. Your arm hairs get really long. It's going to stink Wispy. underneath that cast. The Stinky. cast is going to stink. You're going to have wispy arm hairs like cow udder hairs. Right. They just start creeping out like plants growing towards the sun. Sick. That's what we're all worried about. Very. Here's the thing. I'm going to be a truth teller right now. Oh. Poku sucks, and he's a meme player right now. A meme wow. player? He's a meme Oh, player. I thought you said a mean player. He's like, just a meme on our team. He's not any good. It, this doesn't really matter. Wow. Until he's good. <clears throat> he, he actually had stretches before he broke his leg where he was pretty good for the Thunder. Yeah, the team was uh, not very good with him, though. Oh, so Jay actually agrees with Luke. No, 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 he just never I mean, he found played like twenty minutes after the yeah. injury, and then got re-injured. So the question we really need to ask is: Does Poco have an injury problem? I mean, he's injured, so yes, all the time. All the, I mean, he's not injured all, all the time. He's not injured all in the, the last time. four months. He's more injured than not injured. Sure. In the last six months, more injured than not injured. Hmm. Uh huh. He's just building his case. Sure. That was the extent of it. Sure. He's a mean player. Mean. <laughs> He's a mean guy. Just a mean guy. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say that Poku is like definitely like in the future of the Thunder. Like, I, I think it's more lo- likely that he's not. But I also just... 50-50. I also just don't want to be... I, don't, I just also don't want to overreact to this moment in time and say, like, this is over for him. He's going to be fully, he'll be fine by training camp. Are you legitimately getting that? Are people like, oh, I guess that question, is this the end of summer of poker? I mean, that that is like the, I mean, I've gotten way more harsh messages from many fans about this. It's like, listen, at worst, he'll be back in the middle of July and be back in his work with his workout regimen. I mean, these guys will likely go on vacation for like three or four weeks in the summer. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. all these guys do. And or so like, back home. So like this will be his vacation time. Which then, that's what I'm saying. It's, I just get, feel bad for poker. Then he'll get back on the grind. And on, I think. Autumn of poker. I think he'll be fine. I just don't. I think, I, can we also just address the fact that like. So Chet. So Chet. Holmgren. Yeah. Number two draft pick. Yeah. 2022 NBA draft. Oklahoma City Thunder. Yeah. Gonzaga from Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Just in case you didn't know who he was. Crossed Steph Curry at his own Crossed camp. him up. Yeah. He was like an eighth grader. Yeah. Um, Got killed by Kenny Lofton in Summer League. Why, okay. man? Okay. I just want to describe him. <laughs> He's the thickest, man. So, but last year, he, he had a foot injury that kept him on a scooter for eight weeks, if not longer, mm-hmm. on crutches for another few weeks, mm-hmm. limited weight bearing. The thing that is important is, and we've said this before on this podcast, these 
NBA players do not recover from injuries like you do or I do. It's not like it's like cast it up and we'll see you in six weeks and maybe we'll take it off. It's like every single day they have some sort of regiment for him to be working through, Mm -hmm. right? He's probably or maybe hired some sort of coach. So it's like your arm's broken so he can still move around. He can still, I mean, he could work on his... Dead. Other hand, yeah. Can, yeah, there's, yeah. There are options for. It's not like he's broke his arm and he's like, "Well, I'm just going to sit on the couch for the next six weeks and hope right. I'm ready when I come back." Like he's still going to maintain, yeah, some of those things he's already been working on. Yeah, um, Chet was shooting literally on a scooter the entire year. Mm. The problem with Poku is he needs to be f- filling out the top half of his body, and that's true. that's the stuff he's not going to be able to do. Listen, the. Or just one-handed push-ups. You think he's going to come back with just like one really strong arm? Like that movie? Yeah. What's the movie? Uh, is it Lady in the Water? It's yeah. M. Night Shyamalan. Yeah, it is. Exactly yeah. what it is. Where the one guy has the one big arm. Yeah, I think that's what Poku will be. Hmm. I thought he was going to like focus too much on leg stuff, butt stuff. and it's You don't want the butt to get much bigger. It's Are you start kidding? To throw off his... Uh, Are you joking? He's got to get proportional. Oh, though. he's got a dump. He's got a dumpy. He a well documented donkey. I think if he, I think if Poku's gonna make it, I don't think it has to do with his upper body strength at it's all. It's gotta be his butt. I think that it's a it's to do with his <laughs> lower body. On his butt. Seriously mm. though, like his biggest problem is like he can get moved off of his spot like that. Like no one has to worry about it. Like he doesn't have like is his lower body stronger than his upper body? Yes. Yes. Is it strong enough to be a big man in the NBA? No. Hmm. And so I do think that there is, he still needs to get stronger with his base in order to make it in the NBA. Okay, so this summer, what you're saying, this is what you're, you are saying, is in the workout room, he has pictures of Kyle Lowry posted all over the room as inspiration. Honestly, that might be one of the best things possible for him. Wow. As if he could ha- like have the, uh, the Lowry donkey. Yeah. Plus the Lowry mentality. Wow. If he had those two things, quite the development. He would. I think those two things are. They do come together. It would. He would. What's wrong with you guys? You guys watch uh, the Nuggets play last night? Oh yeah, there was a finals game. Yes, sir. I did. Yeah, oh, it was great. God, it was uh, right on time. I mean, the Nuggets made it look real easy. Real easy. It's because they are a team. dramatically superior team. Do you think it's going to be a sweep? I mm. predicted that, but that's more of my, you know, hot takedness. Yeah. I think it'll be a gentleman's sweep. Gentleman's sweep. Maybe to six, but I was going to say five or six is 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 more likely than a sweep in the especially in the finals. Mm. I want to see. I want to see how they play in Miami. Yeah, I do too. It's just hard because I watched. I just want to see Jokic with like the fattest sunburn ever. I just watched, like, I watched the Nuggets go into LA. I mean, the Lakers didn't play. I mean, they were okay in that series, whatever. But yeah, they had just gone through. Did did that work come out correctly? It did. They had just gone through the Warriors. Like, it wasn't like they were some throwaway team. Yeah. And they no, just went the best into, defense post all star. And they just went into the crypto arena and just didn't I mean it didn't even remotely impact the way they wanted to play. Like I just think they're 
and I know this is an overreaction probably in some sense, but they are just so flawless. They're good. Their starting yeah. five is flawless. You know, KCP, Jamal Murray, Aaron Gordon, MBA, MPJ, M, MJP. MJP. But, and, and Jokic. Like, they just, every single one of those positions, but they, they've got a little bit of that Warriors-like mentality where it's not, let me get mine, you get yours, where you see a lot of these teams default into. But yeah, it's yeah. like, they just do a great job. And you just see it because their leader is incredibly self selfless by nature. Yeah. That's where it starts with the Warriors and that's where it starts with the Nuggets. It's like, like Jokic it's all could top score down stuff. Jokic could score on the post forty points in each one of these games. I think he begrudgingly shot twelve times last night. Because he was just finding like there was one play they played early, over and over again in the second quarter where he had position. I think he was actually posting up Jimmy Butler and somebody came over to double. And you just you can't you can't honestly can't defend yeah. Jokic. Yeah, yeah. Because if you double him, he's going to find the open man. Yes. If and you then, if you guard him with one person, he's going to he is maybe the best low post scorer in the NBA, if not Embiid in him. Yeah. Like it's just watching him play. It's like he has become the best player in the NBA and unguardable. It's weird. You watch him and you're like. Does he even make mistakes? Besides, yeah. Like, yeah, okay, he's going to miss shots. Of course he's going to miss Highest shots. processing player in the game. He's got to be. Like, he's it's, seven it's foot insane. tall and 290 pounds. Yeah. Made of pure Play-Doh. It's, but it really is. Like, and I know like there's going to be casual fans that aren't watching this series because it's not the glamorous teams from L.A., Boston, whatever. But, man... If you're a basketball fan, watching this Nuggets team is like art. They're awesome. They're legitimately awesome. And this is why, like, I think last week we were kind of talking about, like, the potential of them being a great team for a long time. Like, mm -hmm. they have the pieces there to do it. You know, you have Jokic, who's in his 20s. You have Jamal Murray, who's in his 20s. Like, those guys, those two are going to be really good for a long time. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I, and I don't think it's a trend enough, but you do have to... Jamal Murray, one reconstruction of his knee, took a year and a half to come back from it to be fully... Hopefully, he's going to be fine for the rest of his career as yeah. an NBA fan. Yeah. But, you know, that's that's the kind of stuff that de derails these, uh, these dynasties. <clears throat> but not to mention, like, I do think that they... And I don't know what this looks like, but you look at Bruce Brown and you look at KCP... Those are just simple additions, though, that really made this team to this level, like put this team to the level that they're currently playing in. And those are the pieces that it's you, you don't always get to replace those yeah. with exact, you know, the exact right fit. But as long as you have Jokic, as long as you have Murray, but, you but, can build a championship team. They're also not so good that you can't replace yes, them. Yes, that's what I was going to say. It's like you can find guys yeah, like KCP. Yeah, KCP definitely. is not like some one-of-a-kind 3 and right. D player. Like yeah. he's a good player, but there are a lot of 3 and D guys There's that just a, could play so, that yeah. spot. So here's my only counter-argument. KCP is one part of this, but Bruce Brown is the part that he kind of did this with the Nets as well. Is he's a culture builder for a team. He's kind of got that PJ Tucker vibe to him. I think yeah. he's a better. I mean, I think he's a better shooter, but 
probably a better overall offensive player, but he has that kind of mentality that just raises the level of grittiness of a team. He brings some toot to the floor. Yeah, mm-hmm. brings yeah. a little toot to the floor. He brings those toots. And so that those are the people that I'm like, you don't just reply. Like, I think, because uh, well, I was listening I mean, to somebody else. Is he, a unrest- is he a free agent this summer? Um, I don't know what his I'll look it up while y'all are talking about that. I mean, I I think they're I mean, it's really just I think that we can get in the weeds though on role players and like the truth is it's just all about Jokic and Murray. Yeah. And they there's so many kinds of players that can fit around those two that you can you can replenish and figure out how to make it work if like Bruce Brown is going to get overpaid by somebody. God bless him. He's like, got a player option that he's not going to take for next year. Yeah. It's a $6.8 million player option. Yeah, he's not going to take that. Somebody's going to pay him 15 mm-hmm. And, like, if it's the Nuggets, great. If it's not, I am not that worried about this I, team. I, I get it. But I do think that my only this is my only argument that I'm trying to make is I think those guys, the additions they made is what changed their ceiling. They were already going to be competing for championships. They've been in Western Conference Finals. They're already doing that. Yeah. But I think what has made them, and, there's, you, and the counter-argument I'll, I'll give you as well, but what has taken them to this other level that they're in right now where they're clearly the best team in the NBA, and they have been all season, is I think these, these peripheral pieces that have been just perfectly crafted for this team. They're really good. I just think what really has changed them is that they're healthy. For sure. Because they've been playing without Jamal Murray and MJP. Mm-hmm. And when you have MPJ, I know I'm joking. <laughs> I'm trying to, um, I can't remember it, what the real one is it, now. And they've had those three healthy Michael all Jordan season. Peterson. Yeah. <laughs> they've had all those guys healthy all season. And I know that those role players are really good. I just think that they could have plugged in two other like 3 and D guys and would have be. I don't think it's going to change their the outcome all that much. Because it's, it's really just all about Jokic. Jokic, I think, didn't take his second field goal attempt until it was either the very end of the first quarter or the second quarter. Yeah. And he had uh, 10 assists at half. I think he had eight assists two minutes into the second quarter. Yeah. So controlling the game completely. Yeah. I mean, he, he controls the game without shooting. He controls yeah. the, the gravity of everything. As long as you have players that can defend and shoot around him, I think you're good to go. Mm-hmm. And I do think that KCP and Bruce Brown were the right guys to bring in, certainly. And you need those kind of guys. Like, if you don't have those two guys and you're having to play Christian Brown more minutes or something, like, it's... it's Uncle Jeff? You definitely don't Or Reggie sweep, Jackson? You definitely don't sweep... Yes, yeah, so if you have to play Reggie. Yeah. You definitely don't sweep the Lakers. Yeah, do they no still way. beat the Lakers in, like, six? Probably. But they're not dominant like they are You're right actually... Now. You're giving my you're giving my argument more credence. I'm trying to I'm because, trying to give a little bit back to you, Jay. Because the thing, that was probably so, a little unfair. So here's this is what I would just say to you. Why didn't other team like if it's this easy to plug and play guys? It's not. For other teams, it's not. Look, but KCP has it worked about, out like okay, because it's go. about there Jokic. You there you go. There you go. Because like Contavious Caldwell Pope, good player, but you put him on Washington and they're like, this dude's not that good. Yeah. Why? Because they don't have a player anywhere close to Jokic's caliber. But you put him on the year before, 
you know, like he's playing for the Lakers and he's this guy. Yeah, he helps them win a title in 2020. Yeah. Yeah. But that's my only thing is you're like, the Lakers would have killed to have had KCP and and Bruce Brown this year. This year. And it changes their entire And it's because they have LeBron. Mm -hmm. Fair. I think LeBron, Steph, and Jokic are probably the, hmm, are they the only three players right now in the league? That like can pull the most so out gravitational. of all their well, it's the same, so selfless. It's yeah. the same thing with like Gary Payton in Golden State. Yeah, like he didn't. He, a lot of it was he was hurt. But are we? Do we really believe that he was going to help lift the Blazers no. to new heights? Like he was a, a a very replaceable player for them. Yeah, and would have been for anybody else. And maybe if like Gary Payton was on. The Nuggets, we'd be talking about him. Like, oh my gosh, look what he's done to help the Nuggets. You know, I mean, I just think like those kind of guys, when you put those kind of like winning basketball players with these generational talents, they're just going to shine. It's like uh, it's like Bruce Bowen for the Spurs. Like if Bruce Bowen was on just any rando team, no one would ever talk about him ever. Like he's the most just blah player ever like good defender good corner shooter who cares but because he played for those spurs teams with tim duncan it's like oh man remember bruce bowen you know he's like becomes one of those like hey remember that guy just like booby gibson like booby gibson would have been nothing if he didn't play with lebron that the bruce bowen one are you joking about (laughs) okay i'm like all right, he was. I mean, he legitimately had a moment yeah, in the NBA. He had a moment. Mo Williams, but they didn't win a championship. They never played at this level. Like, yeah, yeah. Daniel Gibson didn't get multiple. But contracts. but it's just like, Booby Gibson the, the play, was in the league for as long as he was because he played with LeBron. The, the players like Jokic and LeBron just take yes, these other players I, I and they just elevate their the status. Only, right. Once again, the Booby only Gibson. thing I would say about Bruce Brown in particular is he was doing exactly this. And you saw it. Yeah. The Nets, and, and not directly not directly the correlation, but they were a different team when he was there and then when they got rid of him. The Nets? Yes. Well, I mean, they're a completely different team just altogether. I know. Not directly correlated. But he was, he was doing this for those Nets teams that were competing on a high level as well. Yeah, he's a good player. Yeah, he's a good player. That's all I'm saying. And I think he's the perfectly... And this is why I wonder if they'll try to figure out how to to keep this current kind of roster. I mean, they're gonna they're definitely gonna try to. And if they win the title, I just don't know what Bruce Brown can get and where would he go. Like, would I rather stay there for ten million for I mean, five years or whatever? Right. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what. Denver it is Denver. Will offer. It's a cool city. Yeah. Very cool. What if What if your name <laughs> was cool. very cool? What would you do if your name was Booby? Yeah. It's like, actually Daniel. I don't know why his nickname's Booby. But what if your even your nickname was he had Booby? Blue feet, maybe. Booby. I like, don't know. What if? Like, what if we just start calling you Booby? Jay. What if we called you Booby Smith? Not a fan. What about well, one of us is already called boobs here? Not That's really, true. No, but not really. Booby Dickerson. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we have a, a Twitter question from at Me Love Thundamo that kind of links the Thunder with the Nuggets and how we can keep this Nuggets conversation going. Uh, you want to read it to me, L-Man? Yes, it comes from at Thundamo. Me love Thundamo. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> <My boy> Thundamo. <laughs> says, talk through the Denver roster buildup as it relates to the Thunder roster build. Draft players, patients, etc. When did they finally 
quote push the button. What does it cost them asset wise when they did push the button? So this is this is it's very interesting to look back through the history of the Nuggets because the year they drafted Nikola Jokic forty first was twenty fourteen. Nine years ago is when they acquired Nikola Jokic. And it's a great like testament to the patience of their franchise. Some of it was that they didn't know what they had in him for a minute. But if you look at it, like the 15-16 season was his first um year with them. And he people act like he was like some like backup bench pick. I mean, he played the fourth most minutes his first year with them. Well, they were playing him and Nurk. They were trying to play him and Nurk together. Uh, some Nurk only played 800 minutes that season. Did they trade him that season? No, no, no. They didn't trade hurt? Nurk until 2017. Okay. So like they did try, they were trying to figure out what they had in both those guys. Mm-hmm. Their first like couple seasons, but Nurk was way more of a bit player than people remember. And Jokic was like always, I mean, Jokic's first two seasons, he's playing over 2000 minutes, both seasons. Wow. And so, I think that that storyline is a little bit overblown, like looking back at it. Like Nurk was always clearly the guy that was going to be like the backup. And then I just think that there were attitude things that happened with them. But 2014, they drafted Nurkic 14th, Gary Harris 19th, Jokic 41st. He didn't play that next year, but then they got the seventh pick in that next draft and they drafted Emmanuel Moutier. Uh, and they played Moutier a ton in that yeah. season. Um, and so that was their team. They'd figured out pretty quickly that Moutier was not the guy. They drafted Jamal Murray in 2016 at 7th. They drafted Wancho Hernan Gomez at 15, Malik Beasley at 19. Um, and then at the trade deadline that season, they traded Nurk. And this, is, and this is where I think it's interesting, and this is where we can get caught in the weeds sometimes with – trades and like did we win or lose a trade they traded Nurkic and a first rounder to get Mason Plumley and a second rounder like bad trade terrible trade you can there's really nothing good about that trade for them Plumley's fine like he's a very like replaceable backup big like he's just a rando guy and they traded a first rounder and Nurkic who's like a good starting center um so, but it didn't matter because ultimately they had Jamal Murray and Jokic. And, you know, they had like they drafted Tyler Light in 24th in 2017 draft. Like that's a throwaway. They did get Michael Porter Jr. and, and Jared Vanderbilt in the 2018 draft. And by the, the way, this whole year. time, everyone thought Gary Harris was like the second best player on the Yeah. Team. I mean, they're, the guys that are playing like in 2017. They've had Jokic for a few years. Their top like eight guys in their rotation: Jokic, Murray, Monte Morris, Paul Millsap, Malik Beasley, Mason Plumley, Gary Harris, Torrey Craig. Mm-hmm. Those are their guys. And then like Will Barton plays a ton. Trey Lyles plays a ton. You know, and, and within this, they also made two huge mistakes as well: is trading the pick that became Donovan Mitchell and trading the pick that became Rudy Gobert. They traded the pick for Rudy Gobert for cash. And then they traded um, the uh, that pick that became Donovan Mitchell essentially for Trey Lyles. 
I don't think a team would ever trade a first round pick for cash today. It just doesn't happen hardly yeah. ever. Yeah. Back then it was definitely more of a thing. It's just way more scrutinized today. But it was like the 29th pick, I think. And so the owner was probably like, yeah, I would rather have $3 million than you take some guy that I think is not going to be good. And then it ends up being like this all-star level big man. Not that he would have worked with Jokic anyways. Speaking of Gobert, did you guys see that story that Jamal Murray was telling? He was talking about, I think we saw it before. He was talking about Rudy Gobert guarding Jokic. And uh, he was like, I got him, I got him. And he said, uh, Jokic turns around and goes, brother, I already have 47. <laughs> <laughs> That's so awesome. But even like you look at 2019, which they were, they were a really good team. Their top eight players in minutes played in 2019. Jokic, Porter Jr., Will Barton, Jamal Murray, Fukando Campazzo, Monte Morris, Paul Millsap, Jamichael Green. Like, that wasn't that long ago, and mm. the roster has changed so much. Oh, Campazzo was magic, man. It was kind of awesome having Campazzo and Jokic on the same team because they were both just doing just – it was just insane pass after insane pass the whole time. Yeah, they were fun. Campazzo was, was just – he's just, again, like some rando European player that came over for a season, played fine. They're like, okay, we're done. That's fine. Yeah. They didn't trade for Aaron Gordon until 2021. And what they had to give up was Gary Harris, which is like a good rotation player. Rookie RJ Hampton, who was like a mystery box athlete. Like who knows what he could be. And then a first round pick. And they brought in Aaron Gordon. A 2025 protected first round pick. Yeah. Which will convey. It'll be 26. Yeah. It'll be, yeah. If not like the 30th pick. So they didn't have to give up that much. To get that next piece. That's the biggest. That was the biggest move. That's their biggest acquisition. Then obviously you have the trade to get Contavious Caldwell Pope. You have the free agent signing of Bruce Brown like to complete this team. But the cast of characters around Jokic and Murray, even in the bubble, was just like hardly any of those guys outside of Jamal Murray, MPJ, and Jokic are still on the team. You know, PJ Dozier was like a guy for them. Yeah. You know, that people thought was going to be like some great piece for them and gets injured. It's unfortunate for him, but it's like, it's like he's replaceable. And so, but it took an incredible amount of patience with this roster and with these guys to not trade Jamal Murray for Kawhi or trade Jamal Murray for Bradley Beal. Or somebody, you know, through the years where you're just like, man, can this guy ever get healthy? What are we going to do? It took nine years of having Jokic as a part of your team before you reached this point. Like, it takes time. And, like, and their, their ability to win came with experience, continuity, and age, too. And that's, like, something we have to remember, like, with this Thunder team as we start to enter these years of, like, them being competitive is that it just it takes time and right now it looks like oh my gosh the nuggets are the most dominant team ever people didn't think that even like five weeks ago right i mean the start i think it was still the first round and people were like i mean even i was kind of like i mean let's see what the nuggets can do they've just never been able to to put it together like this they had to prove it yeah yeah that was the key it wasn't the fact that 
we they were a dominant regular season team this year. They've been good in the past. That's the other thing too, though, is mm-hmm. in the bubble they were incredible. Yeah, which is one of those times that we look back on. But it did. It took in. It took random kind of minor moves and then one major move to make this roster what it was. Like, yeah. So they traded for, to get KCP this offseason, they traded uh, Monte Morris and Will Barton. Yeah. It's like Will Barton ended up getting waived at the end of the season. I don't even, is Monte Morris a piece that Washington's excited about? He's a backup point guard, you know, a good one. Yeah. But not, not a start. I mean, I think they discovered that through this year that this backup point guard is a backup point guard and not our starting point guard. Like he's the 31st best point guard in the league. Yeah. <laughs> like he should not be our starting point guard. That's why they need to draft Anthony Black, but they should. Um, yeah. And I, I don't know. I, I think that, and, and this is more of a question that it is, a, is kind of some sort of definitive statement. How much of this is also, and I know it feels like I'm speaking out of both sides of my mouth, but, how much of this is also a resultant of the reality that the Western Conference was an easier path this year than it has been in the last seven years? I mean, it's certainly a piece of the puzzle, definitely. I don't think that you can ignore that. Um, I mean, all but, we've been talking about is how wide open the NBA is across the board, and that's what we're seeing. Yeah. Like, that's my only reason to be down on the heat in this run is I get it, man. This is a... Historic run for a team that was a play-in team. Yeah. Yet, at the same time, as every series, you can pinpoint some specific things that made it to where, yeah, I mean, in hindsight, it kind of, I mean, Giannis missed two games. Yeah. In that first series. that Does that change the whole pathway of the heat, of the change the whole Eastern Conference? The Bucks were also not really who they could have been most of the season because right. of injuries, because of age, because of all of that. Yep. You go to the Knicks, and everybody knew the Knicks were a fun story, but they knew they weren't they weren't ready for this. Many people picked the Knicks. We picked, I the, picked the Knicks. We picked the Knicks. I, yeah. I understand that. And I'm not I am not trying to belittle, and I know it feels this way and it's probably is this way, but that's the reason I'm more hyped about the Nuggets is I watched even the Celtics where I'm just like they just had such a mental weakness to them they were so frustrating that i just was like it's an impressive win because it's eastern conference 3-0 all of those different things but in the end is i was like they haven't played and beaten a team that's as complete and as elite as this nuggets team yeah well that's that's why well i was kind of hoping that the celtics would make it through just because i think talent for talent Mm-hmm. Like it's the closest thing in the NBA today, probably, to what the Nuggets have. I just still think that after watching the Celtics, I think the Nuggets win that in the same amount of games it'll take them to beat the Heat. I think it's possible. I just the Celtics can get to a level that the Heat can't get to, mm-hmm. and and it's just talent based alone. But like mental, like mentally, the Heat had it. That's why the Heat won. It's because yeah. mentally they're just a stronger team. And identity. They know exactly the Nuggets yeah. and the Heat. Both teams know exactly who the guy is, who the second guy is, who the third guy like everyone that's on the court, they know what the role is and they yeah. know what the identity is and they know how they're gonna play. Yeah. I think the more there's inter- no confusion. From yeah. the Celtics there could yeah. be some confusion. Uh, could you know? Be. There was a lot of confusion. <laughs> and what was it? I I saw some interview where Kayla Martin was saying, Hey, it was kind of the strategy 
in Game 7 is to force Jalen Brown to go to his left. And Caleb Martin goes, that's the strategy anytime we play Jalen Brown. Every time, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that's, for me, as far as conversations that are fun to have, what the Miami Heat look like next year is is what I've been the most intrigued by. Really? I don't know why. I mean, tell me, tell me why the amount of guys that they're getting incredible contributions from that they're paying nothing. Yeah. That are well. And for Strews and for Gabe Vincent, they're also coming up like they're free agents this summer. Yeah. So who do they look like next year? And I know heat culture and, and, you know, insert all of the words that we throw out about Mm -hmm. Eric Spolster and all of those things, which are all valid. Mm hmm. But if they're going to be back to Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero, and, you know. Yeah, like, if those guys leave. I, I just think, I don't know. It, and I know Hero's trying to make his way back to game two, maybe game three. Mm-hmm. Which who knows what that does to ultimately impact this would, series. Yeah. But if, if they're down 0-2, I think you'd just be like, okay. Caleb Martin. Let's try it. I mean, I don't mm-hmm. know. What's Caleb Martin's contract? He's got a couple years a couple left. A couple more years. Yeah. But I watched that team, and I'm like, they and Kyle Lowry – like they just got a lot of money, yeah, and guys that aren't who they think aren't really who they're depending on to lead this team this year. Yeah, they always rebuild, they always replenish. Yeah, they'll, they'll figure. The I mean, they got the 18th pick in this draft, you know, so they'll if they can find somebody useful there. I mean, I don't know. I think Gabe Vincent's a good player. I think he would be the one that I would want to bring back. Struess, I think, is replaceable. Well, Struz um, and Duncan Robinson have just been replacing each other there the entire yeah, time they've been yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, I think Duncan Robinson has definitely redeemed himself yeah, he's in a been, lot of ways. He's been a lot better the last couple where of years. It ultimately, it ultimately complicates things for them, though. Yeah. like I mean, I, That's where I would just let Struz go. and then you just, For sure, but it was trending towards them trying to find somebody to take on Duncan Robinson's contract yeah, this offseason. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Like, and Duncan Robinson's making 18... Next year, nineteen the year to that, and then has is it a player option for nineteen eight? Yeah, he's got a player option mm-hmm. in twenty twenty five, twenty twenty six. Yeah, which is going to take. And as the cap increases, that will become be less, less, and less less of a, and especially if he can play, and that's that'll be the thing is like, do they play him in the regular season next year? Which they just didn't play him in the regular season this year. Mm-hmm. And if they, and I know that Duncan's been like super frustrated with his situation there. And so he may request a trade anyways and just be like, hey, get me out of here because I don't know what you guys are going to do with me, you know, during the season. Like, heat he culture is really good for the guys that it works for, but it's not very good for the guys that it doesn't work for. And so, like, you just wonder if somebody like that would like to, to move on. But it's – as far as, like, the team building and how it relates to the Thunder – I think it's just like reemphasizes like the patience portion of it. It's like let this play out. Like don't jump to like well, this guy needs to be traded. This guy needs to be this. Is if you have really good players, just allow like allow it to just work and not rush it and feel like they should be here. They should be there. And certainly, I think one of the Obviously, one of the best and worst things to happen to this current iteration of the Thunder is the first iteration of the Thunder being so successful as fast as they were. You know, because you go from 20 wins to 50 wins. You go from the first round to the finals. It's like, boy, okay. Yeah. All we can do now is win the championship to mm-hmm. get further than we have, and then they could never get there. And then you get to the end of it, and it feels like, man, I can't believe we didn't do it. 
but a lot of it was like the expectations were were placed at championship in basically like year three of that iteration where it was just like, man, are we going to have a dynasty here? Like they're going to win more than one title probably. Mm-hmm. And so with this current Thunder team, I just think that it's going to take time. They've got really good players. If Shea or Chet or somebody can get to a, not that they have to be as good as Jokic, but get to like a top five level, which is like what you need to win a title. Then I, I think the Thunder have like every asset and they have the flexibility. They have everything at their disposal to make it happen this time around. Whereas like last time around, they just, they didn't have as much to work with. And so I'm just really intrigued to see what they do. Cause I mean, they could, and you have a seasoned Sam Presti. Yes. Like he's, he's a different GM than he was when he created that. Definitely. Yeah. And I think that what are the lessons that he learned? I think what are the things that, He's going to do differently. We're already seeing that some of in that Thunder guy that he's drafting, um, which we can I can parse that a little bit more. But I think the other thing for this Thunder team that you guys alluded to and we've talked about in the past and and we'll continue to kind of discuss is the Nuggets thought Gary Harris was going to be a, a critical piece of their future. Yeah, and he's the piece that was moved to get what they needed to fully complete this team. And RJ Hampton was another guy they drafted, right? Like I I know he never really showed what he could be there. And now he's, I don't even think he's in the NBA anymore, Mm -mm. but he's another one of those guys. Like if you were to take that and put that on the thunder, like that imprint, you're looking at the fact like giddy and the 2023 NBA draft uh, draft pick for the thunder get moved for the piece I know it's not apples to apples, but gets moved for the piece that completes this roster. Yeah, I mean Harris was like a mid first round pick. Yes, I know. That's what I'm saying. It doesn't. It's not exactly that. Like so. Murray, like Giddy is more. Clo- I think Giddy's closer to Murray than he is Harris. But I think the point. I think that's a good point. And if you're a Nuggets fan back then, mm-hmm. you're thinking when we go through like, okay, who are our guys right now that are like are the you know, the the foundation of this team that we're going to build around, and we name four guys, four or five guys. Yeah. Nuggets fans were doing that, and Gary Harris was included in those conversations. Yeah, back then. Jokic, Mur- Jokic and Murray were, I mean, have have been, like, the guys for a long time, though. Like, the, the they have been, like, their duo for for many, many years. <laughs> and, that's, and that's the thing, is, like, the role players just kind of don't matter that much through the years as long as you can find the right guys whenever it's time like hanging on like tightly to these role players mm-hmm. is just not as important like it's just way more important that you find the guys and if you find the guys like if Shay and chet and giddy and Dub, and that's a, that's the other thing is that the thunder have just done such a better job of drafting because when they had that seventh pick with emmanuel mudier i mean they had a chance to really move their franchise forward. And part of why it's taken a lot longer for them is that in 2015, they took Emmanuel Moutier at seven and that draft stunk, but like they could have taken Devin Booker or they could have taken somebody that like even miles Turner or somebody that's just good. Whereas Moutier was just really bad. The, that area of the draft was so bad that year. 
Jeez, so, Stanley yeah. Johnson. So from five to ten, Mario Hazonia, Willie Cauley-Stein, Emmanuel Moutier, Stanley Johnson, Frank Kaminsky, Justice Winslow. Mario Hazonia. That was like the hot name of that draft. Yeah. It's just a gross area of the Back draft. in and Europe. Then, and then you get to yeah. 11, 12, 13, Miles Turner, Trey Lyles, Devin Booker. All the still sweet the, spot. All, the sweet spot. There's and always then, a sweet spot. Every single draft ah, right there is the sweet spot. Don't trade up. Don't do it. Don't trade up. <laughs> you're going to get a good player. If you're picking 12, it's better than the seventh pick. People were talking about Justice Winslow and Stanley Johnson as yeah. if they were going to be game-changing small forwards that year. They you know, weren't. You know, you just don't know. All three of those guys right there. Miles Turner, Trey Lyles, and Devin Booker. Yeah. Devin, 14. Devin Booger. Devin Booger. And Cameron Payne. Well, that's right outside the sweet spot. Yeah. He's still in the NBA. Yeah. He's, he, st- yeah, he's yeah, still he in the is. league. He is. He is. He's doing more than Emmanuel Moutier. That's true. That's true. More than Mario Hazonia. More than Mario Hazonia. <laughs> 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 yeah. Anyways, it's an interesting conversation. They, their rebuild, that's the thing. Is like Every rebuild is going to look different. Every team has a different path. But like the consistent message within it is if you have a top five player, it is really hard to screw it up. Yeah. Because they messed up multiple draft picks. They messed up multiple trades. They had the chance to have Donovan Mitchell on this team and screwed that up. And yet... I mean, you think about all the mistakes that were made through the years, and they have piled up like a ton of mistakes, and yet we are still here with them in the NBA Finals because they have Jamal Murray and they have Jokic. And like that's what matters. And Jeff Green. And Jeff Green. Do you think it's because they, they let Tim Connolly go? They finally, <laughs> they finally were able to, to break through. Calvin Booth has done a good job. Yep. He's done a really good job. And yet, I mean... You have to give both those guys credit, but like you can have a massive amount of mistakes and still get there because like the the superstar, like the super duper star can cover a mountain of mistakes for a GM. And he has. It's all true. Them. All right. Do we want to go to Tayshon's fact factory yeah. victory victory? Tayshon's factory victory. Bob Myers is gone. He's out of here. He's out of here. He said it's time. What do we think that's about? Do you think think he has a better job or do you think he's really like, I'm so over Draymond Green. (laughs) I'm leaving. I think he's over ownership. Yeah. Even in that press conference, um, it was so God, awkward. So awkward. What's the owner's name? Uh, it's, uh, I'm having a brain fart. I am too. What the hell? What's his name? Uh, I don't know. Light years. Joe Lacob. Joe Lacob. Yeah, Joe Lacob. He was like, it doesn't make any sense to me, but he's, a, he's like, I don't understand it. <laughs> it was the most awkward press conference ever. It was hilarious. If you haven't watched it, you should go watch it. Because there were so many moments where he's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to keep you around through, you know, the end of July or whatever. And Bob's like looking at people off stage, just like, what? Like, like that's what? not what's happening right now. Talking? Yeah, um, he's Lacob's an insane person. It's, it's yeah. pretty clear that like Bob Myers has been Bob Myers and Steve Kerr together are like the 
the reason this this front office and this team has been able to do this. And Bob Myers, it seems like he's a really good politician because Joe Lacob seems insane. Yeah. So if he's able to communicate with Lacob and get what the team needs and and push Lacob to do whatever it takes to get the team to where it has gotten, yeah. Then uh, I, I mean, mean that's why. I mean, Marcus Thompson to has reported that it is Bob Myers and Bob Myers alone that dealt with ownership. Oh, really? It was not anybody else in the front office. It was not anybody on the coaching staff. It was not any of the players. It was Bob Myers alone that dealt with all the crap coming from ownership. Mm-hmm. As far as like steering the ship, it wasn't a team of people. It was Bob Myers, and so like the is removing that... him is is a huge, huge deal yeah. because of that. Yeah, is it kind of the same with the Thunder right now? Like I know Presti. I, I don't know. What do you mean? What you guys know? I mean, like, not that ownership is insane, obviously. They're not out front like, you know, Lakeup is. Yeah, yeah. But, um, you know, is it it like Sam Presti has these very personal relationships with ownership and and that's like the only person that's dealing with them? Or is there more of a team? I I just don't think that the ownership group is as like, (sighs) hey, this is what you should do. Or, hey, I have my scouting report on... Mm -hmm. You know, Taylor hey, I, Taylor I'm, Hendricks. You I'm know, actually let me, the owner of this team. Did you know that? And like, yeah, all I think it's out. I think it's a it's a very different dynamic where like Joe Lacob truly believes that he's one of the smartest men on the face of the earth right now. Mm-hmm. And I just don't think that Clay Bennett is walking around saying like I know basketball. No, I think he trusts like basketball That's why ops. He hired Sam Presti to handle twenty ba- years ago. Yeah, whatever it was. They like, hire mm-hmm. yes, they trust Sam and his team to be the basketball ops and to do it, and they don't worry about it. Joe Lacob like legitimately watches Coach Spins on YouTube and is like, oh, I think I know what to do with these guys, you know, <laughs> no. in the draft. It's the it's one of the it's oddly one of my favorite dynamics in the NBA that makes it even more dramatic. And it's is really all professional sports is the ownership is so critical to oh, a team's success. So important, yeah. And to be and that's why like Thunder fans. I think you can put Clay Bennett and the ownership team as much as the reason that this franchise is going to be successful for decades to come. Yeah. Because they know their role. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially through a rebuild like this where where you're we're it's seeing been it easy to push in. We're seeing point. it in Houston right now, where the owner's like, All right, that's enough. That's yeah. enough. Yeah. We have cap space. We have assets. Change it now. And yeah. they and they've been broadcasting that to the entire league all season. Like, yeah, we suck right now, but just wait till the next season. And we're because be we're just slightly better and far more expensive. <laughs> right. We, yeah. Exactly. Where you n- would never hear anything. You don't even hear anything about like what the Thunder are going to do because it all gets to be decided by Sam. Mm-hmm. And someday they might change where the ownership is like, okay, all right, here's what we should do. And Sam has to comply because that's the boss, like yeah, but, the ultimate man. boss. Is the culture of this team like it's so set in stone? Yeah, it would be a complete culture shift, total to d- culture to shift do, for to all of a sudden having an owner jumping in. Like, yeah, if it, it wasn't be. for the Seattle move and all of that, he would be in the running for the least known NBA owner in the league. Yeah, people wouldn't know his name if not for that him whole thing buying the team and moving them here. Yeah. Yeah, without a doubt. I think that's right. So what do the Warriors look like, Taylor? 
Like, what happens? What's your question? What's your victory? My question is, uh, have you guys ever had a crazy boss that you've had to, like, just figure out how to be a uh, politician with to to make your job um, something that you can do? Sure. All right. Well, okay. Thank you. Oh, my gosh. I would. I would be open to the stories. Hey, it's time to get advice from me. Yeah, Dusty Gilpin. It's my <laughs> advice. Dusty Gilpin. Now, this week, someone's looking for advice on when they should get their life together. Oh, okay. They said they are 24. They do not budget. But they do pretty well for a 24-year-old. And um, they they mentioned how much... I'm not including their name because <laughs> I'm going to say how much they make. Yes. They make around 100000 a year. They enjoy bourbon too much and they don't work out. Any advice on what point money is worth living somewhere you physically don't want to live? Sounds like a good job. Doesn't like where he is. Hmm... And and that amount of money, like your lifestyle with that amount of money, totally depends on where you live, right? Oh, no question. Yeah, yeah, hundred thousand dollars in New York is like forty thousand in Oklahoma City. Yeah, right. You know. Yeah. So I think. Do you know where he lives? I do, but I'm not going to say because he's shared a lot of personal information. So I'm not sharing names. Is it close? Or, uh, it's uh, let's say it's in a different state. It's not Oklahoma. Okay. Is it similar to Oklahoma City mm, lifestyle? Uh, a little higher than Oklahoma. Okay. If Oklahoma's well, a five and New York's a ten, is he living what? He's living in a seven. Okay, okay so he's in yeah. Dallas. Okay. <laughs> That's, that's a great guess. That's okay. <laughs> so, no state income tax though. Yeah, that's, that's true. true. So. <laughs> I think it would be pretty... They make up for it everywhere else, but no state income tax. Yeah. I don't know. 24, live your life. 24, you got plenty 20, of time. 24? I didn't have a job. Yeah, and Luke was homeless. Were you living on the streets of Manhattan? No. Well, at 24, I was just not... I just hadn't, didn't have a job yet. and I was Or in between jobs and looking for jobs and not doing it. So I had an income of zero. And I mean, you don't have to have anything to go to 24. That's true. At all. Yeah. You don't necessarily have to have it together by thirty-four. You can figure it out. He's got he's got a great he's got a great base. Yeah. Of stuff. In this in you know, in this life in this economy? Fifty four. Don't even have that's to That's true. Together. That's true. He's got a great base. <clears throat> and I'd say get wanna, it together by sixty four. And if you want really in, yeah. in, with advances in modern medicine, seventy four isn't crazy. <laughs> I'd you might be pushing eighty four to get it together. <laughs> yeah. Uh so He's got a great base, and the other thing is, if he want, if you want to go to somewhere that's like has a higher cost of living, yeah, they probably pay more. But the other thing, if you want to go to a place where a there's a lower cost of living, with your with what your skills and what you have right now, if you move there and there's you know a job there, they're gonna want to pay more for to get your experience there. So you're in a really good position, I think. <clears throat> depends on what industry it does depend and he does not specify and i did not look into it yeah so i have some opinions on this guys lay it on me so number one full disclosure didn't listen to anything you said okay that's great. good thank you he's about to say you have until 74 to get your life together <laughs> yeah, sorry just for clarity with advances in modern medicine uh no so 
I think you need to, if you're going to take risks, if you're going to be mobile, do it now. Mm-hmm. And because as life progresses, you get married, you have kids, you're going to be far more dependent upon community, family, all of those things that are part of your life. And so for us to, to, if I was 24 and I was making a good salary and walking through a lot of that, I would be looking at where do I want to put roots down? Where do I want to, Yeah, you know, like what does my future look like? Yeah. And at the same time, like Luke, I still applaud the fact that you went to Miami or Miami, <clears throat> Manhattan and put the work in to see if you could do something different than where your life ended up. That's true. Do it when you're young. Yeah. Because those opportunities change as you age. It's a good time to take risks. Yeah. Especially if you don't have oh, yeah. a ton of responsibilities. Especially if you're under 25 your and you're still on your parents' insurance. Well, 20. Then at, you can go live on the streets and whatever just, you want. you'll get medical at, help. At 24, you can you can do anything. You can mess up as many times as you yeah. want. You can rebound. Just, just don't ever yeah. be on social media. You, you got time. Yeah. yeah. That's what follows you now. You do have a lot of time. But yeah. That's always my encouragement. If you're young and you're feeling that itch, like I need to do something, do it now. Yeah. Because you will not do it when you're 34, 35. Yeah, yeah. More than likely. Yeah, if you want to make a career shift, like shift away. Do it now. Give it a go. Give it a go. Give it a go. Uh, All right. We're going to take a quick break. After that, we're going to do some Twitter questions. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. 
This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. And we're back. After that quick break, it's time for some Twitter questions. Twitter questions. You've got questions and you ask them on Twitter. <laughs> now we answer them for you. This is Twitter questions. Now let's get down to it. Our first Twitter question comes from at Alex underscore Bullerjack, who says it's grilling season. Bullerjack. What are your preferred toppings for a hamburger and hot dog? Uh, a hot dog. I like uh, a ketchup. If I'm just going basic, I'll just go ketchup. But I'd go chili dog, cheese, ketchup. If, hot if, dogs if were I all I, my toppings. See, my, my hamburger It's pretty plain. I go cheese. Yeah. I go onions and some ketchup. That's about it. <laughs> you going to full Wendy'sburg. That's about it. You doing raw onions? I just put some. If I got some onions, I'll put some onions on it. So I don't. Nice I don't that. hate when it comes to onions. Not a lot, but some. And then, yeah. uh, but hot dogs. I'll put some. Is there some chili on it? I'll put some chili on it. Yeah, chili. But if not, I like to put some. Uh, what is this? The little um, like sour cream? Was it sour cream? Sour cream. Sour cream on there? That is. I don't think that's what you're talking. Sour about. cream. Yes. Psycho behind chili on chili yes. dogs? No, not on the chili Just dog. On the, on the hot dog. Sour, sour cream. Sour cream. Ruffles chips. Cheese. Shredded cheese. What? It's like a uh, coney from a uh, store. Sour cream? Yeah. I feel like I'm having a dream right now. No, there's some sour cream. Have on. you put sour cream on your hot dog ever, Jay? Cream Absolutely it, not. Cream up that weenie. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's good. What in the world? Um, I have never let us know if you've heard of that in the chat on Twitter. It's like this sour cream. If you have my it's like phone number, Brahms, text me. It's like this Brahms sour cream that like is also mixed with some other s- stuff. What does that mean? Luke, mix I, I think you've put yourself out there and you realize you've no, never I'm actually sticking. done this. But what is that? I had what do you mean? Last, I had two last weekend. You had a I sour did, cream like dog. This. Sour cream yeah. dog. Are you talking about like a like a French onion or jalapeno dip? Oh, like a French onion. Is that what you're talking about? <laughs> kind of, yeah. Okay. I'll put that on. But it's sour cream's in there. That's still a little strange, but way less than just like a dollop of sour cream on it. Dollop it on there. But the French onion is more what it is, I, I would I would think. But it's still good. You're already backing away from it. But this. I'll put a lot of stuff on the hot dog. Okay. The so hot at, dog is where I go my crazy. House in my neighborhood, this is a this is a we are walking through this very much. Yeah. Because cooking a lot of hot dogs, cooking like a, bur- a lot of burgs. Okay. Oh, burgs. So let me go through burgs first. You okay. Sm- you smash burger. I am a smash burger man. I've got a griddle at my house and I've learned how to do smash burgers. In my opinion, it's the best style of burger there is. Luke and I would love to be invited over to have Come some. on over, guys, this afternoon. I'm so show up. He's smash burgers. Not going to have but a burger. The key <laughs> for me is I grill some onions. I grill some mushrooms, I grill some bacon, put all that together into a delicious onion mushroom 
Smash burger. That sounds good. Fantastic with bacon. Hold the mushrooms, but so is the burger good. is the burger really flat? Yes, it's a super flat burger. Yep, as so the crispy put, ends. So yeah. then you can put more. It's crispy. So then, cause, so you, then no, you can put more toppings on. You the You could do that, but the real the real way to do it is you do. I was gonna say double it up. Two burgers. Double it up. So okay. you got big buns. And I cannot lie. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, just decent sized buns because they're actually like a quarter pound, right? So you just smush them down. Yeah. And they end up, I mean, it's it's never too much. Okay. Uh, and then hot dogs. This is the big debate in my neighborhood. Mm-hmm. A lot of relish fans. Really? A lot of relish guys. A lot of relish fan. I just among- got a text from Alex Bullerjack, who is listening right now, who's asking this question and says that L-Man is a monster. Put anything you want on that hot dog, man. Don't the, let people judge you for your hot dog and stuff. The neighborhood children, uh-huh. big relish fans. Really? Really? You got some weird kids. My son, big relish fans. Really? You got some weird what? kids on your street? But he loves pickles. So apparently relish is just diced up pickles. You know what I've, I've never had of, relish in you know my life. I'm not a relish guy You know what I've just uh, rediscovered? Mayonnaise. Zesty. On a Excuse burger, me? yes. Not on a hot dog. Uh, you can on hot dog. Why not? I mean, it's you, zesty. You, it's you good. You put anything <sighs> on a hot dog. I'm just saying mayonnaise right now is really good. People are big into mayonnaise. 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 So here's here's hot dog go-to. Hold for, on. I have to leave because i am got to go to work, but I miffed and proved my elevator didn't work this morning. I had to walk down 14 flights of stairs. 14 flights? Yes. But I made it. That's too bad. For you. Man, that's, that's impressive. Jay, I'll see you at your house. You'd have been here way earlier if it wasn't for the stairs. I'll see you at your house. Yeah, dude, I'll go grab some uh, sour cream. You psycho. That is, that is straight up gross. So the, the kids these days. Yeah. A lot of shredded cheese okay. on hot dogs. I can see that. I can see that. I Shredded cheese and relish? That seems... And ketchup. I, I don't know about this. Give it a shot. I won't. I do... Uh... Do you give it a shot? <laughs> no. Okay. I'm a simple man. I do... I do like a little shredded cheese on a hot dog, but I'll yeah, do. I will. I, my, honestly, if I go to Costco, you give me or Sam's. Yeah. Give me ketchup. Give me ketchup. Give me mustard. Yeah. Send me on my way. Yeah, I'll just need ketchup. But I will do a chili sometimes, dog. Sometimes I'll do a I'll cheese sprink- dog. Sometimes I'll, do- I'll sprinkle some of the the hot pepper flakes on there with on my hot dog. Ooh, that's pretty good. That's yeah. pretty smart. I yeah. did. Uh, I smoked some queso this weekend for Memorial Ooh, Day. Ooh, Jay. I know it was pretty good. That sounds really and, good. Uh, so what I actually was doing, and this is maybe site. This is where I get a little dangerous. Is yeah. I took a hot dog, mm-hmm. queso right up the middle. Yeah, that's that's a good idea. Yeah, okay, good. That's a really good idea. I'd say I didn't know if that's, it's like sour cream. But. No, it's not like sour cream at all. <laughs> now that Luke's gone, we can talk about how he, disgusting he, it is. He one hundred percent does not put sour cream on his hot dogs. <laughs> well, he, he started backing out. He quickly. started saying it was a mix. No, wait, wait, wait. French onion dip. That's what it was. <laughs> Oh, okay, well, it's a little bit different. Still a little bit crazy. <laughs> I mean, I'm not dipping my like chip in sour cream, so it's like so different. They're yeah. completely different things. I just think he couldn't think of the word. No, he couldn't. Um, let's a- let's answer a few draft. Dude, knock questions. through. Yes, yeah. I do have a question for you. Yeah, and some of this may come up, and so let's ask the questions. And if they don't answer, I'll come. I'll come back to you. Okay, at Top Gomer seventy seven, who's your favorite prospect? At the draft, outside of Wimby, Scoot, and Brandon Miller, do you have a favorite? Um, no. A- after those guys, not really. I mean, I think that I actually, 
talk about somebody I've just listened to the hype more than I've actually ever watched his tape at all is Amin Thompson. Either one of the Thompson yeah. brothers. And part of that is because of how inaccessible whatever terrible team they played for, overtime elite or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I can't say, I can't speak with anything toward those guys. I, I think there's, you've been preaching this for a while. And I think that there's, the more and more I've looked at different players, I think once you get to five, like five through 15, yeah, maybe not quite 15, they're relatively fluid in the sense of, you see each one, none of those guys you're like, you've got to, it's the it's the total conflict. Like yeah. who who's out there that the Thunder, unless you have a specialty guy like Grady Dick that you want to jump up and get, mm-hmm. or even a Jarris Walker, mm-hmm. um, which I know has kind of been a trending. If the Thunder try to trade up, that's who they would get. Yeah, I do like Jarris Walker. I watched a little bit of his tape yesterday. His tape. I watched some YouTube clips yesterday, and put some I, reels up. <laughs> I love his. Yeah, I love his his footwork on defense is is really special. Yeah. And, you know, but then then I hear you guys talk about his offensive game and watch some of that, too, where, you know, to be as big and as physically imposing as he could be in the college level and to settle for floaters is problematic to me. Uh, Grady Dick, I, I think for me, if I was going to draft somebody that I think would be the right guy for what I think this Thunder team lacks, I would love to add him to this team. Yeah. That would be my guy probably above all. But then I watch Casey Wallace and I'm like, Kaysen's good. Oh my gosh, Kaysen's good. He also player. looks like a grown man. He's beefed up for sure. I mean, so that's why I'm like, there's there's going to be guys all over the place. Um, Buffkin, you know, I didn't do enough work on him, and I'm not going to deep dive on all these guys. I just don't have the margin or the will to follow through and do that. Yeah. Uh, Leonard Miller, the only reason I'm excited about him is because of what I've heard other people talk about. When mm-hmm. Sam mentioned him, I think he was on the podcast, it was the Slam and Jam. Yep. And when Vasini was talking about Leonard Miller and some of the ways he's learning and developing and all those different things, he sounded very thundery. Yeah, there's definitely thundery qualities about him that didn't necessarily convey on the court, which still makes me question it, whether or not the Thunder would really be that interested in him. So personality-wise, apparently he he's great. Never spoken to him. I don't know. Yeah, but I, I really still. If I were to pick like a couple of prospects that I really like outside of those top three, it's probably Anthony Black, Anthony Black, and Jarris Walker are probably like the two guys that I think fit the way the Thunder want to play the best. I just don't think they have, and this is why I probably have not bought in on Anthony Black is because I just think that there's too many other teams in the top eight that would want him, and he is. Yeah. Early on, he was rising up draft boards, where I even saw him as high as five. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I, maybe sliding a little bit now, but still top eight. I think he's like the best thinker of the game outside he's of the big. top three. He's like six, 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 seven. He can really defend. He can get downhill. Incredible he, hair. Great hair. I I like him a lot. He's not a clean fit with the Thunder. But if you, it's it's my belief that if you're drafting in the lottery, you're in the lottery for a reason. It's you're still taking best. You're not that great, and so take best player available. And ben Pfeiffer kind of disagreed with you a little yeah. bit on that take, and I don't. I can't remember the context specifically if it was if you're later in the lottery or if it was if you're at this point where you have. And I do agree with him in this, like between J Dub, Giddy, Chet, Shea, is you're not looking for. I think you're okay. I would say on a personal level, my 
draft philosophy, I'd be okay looking for fit. That's why I, I do resonate with a Grady Dick or a Jairus Walker. Yeah, I I mean Walker can do some of the passing stuff. And can he stretch the floor? I mean, not now, no. No one's gonna guard him if he's out at the three point line. I think he'll take threes, which is good. I think Anthony Black will take threes. I think both those guys will take threes. It's How just, different is Jairus Walker from J. Will? A lot different as a defender, like way, way different. It's delete way, comparatively. Yeah, moves his feet so much better. He can switch. He's stronger than Jay Will is. He's, but like possesses like some of the same like passing chops and stuff like that. I stopped you does. before you said yourself. Oh, you said Jairus Walker. Okay. Yeah. So, but I, I like Walker. I think he'd be great. He's also super duper strong. He's somebody that you can invert the roles of he and Chet so much. Whereas, and that's and that's what that's where you can provide value for the Thunder is that, like he can play creatively, he can create some, and he's a good passer. And if Chet can stretch the floor, it's not as big of a deal if you have this other big that doesn't, um, because he can also handle like the stronger guys. So much of it though is if Giddy also if Giddy can develop a consistent three point shot. Yeah, it's going to be a very. They've got to learn. They got a space, and that's yeah. what's so. Uh, I think there's like a like a basketball organizational wound of the lack of shooting this team has had in its entire existence. Yeah, outside of the main guys, so I'm like, that's why I, these elite guys. Like, I love. I actually really like Jordan Hawkins. Yeah, he can sh- really shoot, and he moves around like a madman. Feels like twelve's too early, but I don't know. Yeah. He's also just a specialist, and so are you going to draft a know, specialist know, at 12, I, I think is a question. Trade all four of your 2024 picks and get Jordan Hawkins and Jairus Walker and call it a day. I mean, that wouldn't be too terrible. I just wonder how different Hawkins and Joe are at the pro level. Can you get too many of those guys? I'm not saying you can, but I just I just wonder if the Thunder just think value-wise, can we find those guys elsewhere? You know the guy the lottery. The guy I know the least about, Taylor Hendricks. Yeah. I mean I know of him. Shot blocker, good shooter from the outside, not a not a decision maker with the basketball, not particularly great when he's not involved in the actions on offense, which are the reasons why I worry about him as a Thunder guy. But like possesses like elite shot blocking skills and potentially elite shooting skills. Anybody mocking in the top 10 that you just don't see it? With the Thunder? Well, and just in general. Um, Guys, I mean, for the Thunder, I just don't really see Whitmore as a guy. I no. don't see him in Thompson. I mean, he's even like a level below where Anthony Black is as a shooter. I just, I would have a hard time. What about Keontae George? I think Keontae George is not a lottery level talent. Okay. I think he's he's a scorer off the bench. He's he people talk about like Buffkin being like a direct replacement for um Trey Mann. I think that Keontae is way more of that. I think Buffkin can play more than one position and can do a lot of things for yeah. you and could even play on the court with Trey, where I just don't really see that with Keontae. Um I yeah, I worry about Cam and I worry about Amen and I know Grady Dick would work here. I just... He's also from Wichita, man. 
I know. It's like two hours from here. I mean, six. I mean, every like when you talk about him, six seven lights out shooter, can relocate, can do a lot of things, is competitive. Like yes, yes, give me all of that. But I just wonder if he does enough of the other things. Yeah, really and that's a philosophy a thing. And I think, I, I think your take, like if I was going to evaluate draft conversations over the course of the last month, I think that your understanding of the Thunder's draft philosophy is informed by conversations by uh, just what you've seen, the way they're organizing this team and all those things. I do wonder, like just as kind of a devil's advocate in that, is is that every single player that they're trying to add or is it, hey, we're going to draft this particular style yeah. until we get to the place where we're ready to more yeah. fully form this team. That's my that's been my question every time you've talked about this. It's where good, It's like it's a good there's question. a Thunder. It, it, it's clear. Thunder are looking for specific kind of guys. Mm-hmm. And I just wonder, is that going to be indefinitely or is it at some point like, hey, we have enough of those guys that do mm-hmm. or do you add those more specialist guys through other means, you know, trades. Yeah. Not really free agency for the Thunder necessarily, but can you get those pieces in other avenues and then just continue to draft these kind of hybrid, lengthy, intelligent yeah. guys? Uh, that's the thing with the roster they've built is that, honestly, everybody that's in the top 15 could fit with this team. Right. Because of the guys they have. Right. So it's not hard to imagine any of them playing with and competing with this group. And so the answer is like, I just don't know. Yeah, they, they may say, hey, we need to draft an elite play finisher. Like that's what we need above, above everything else. We have playmakers all over the court. We need to draft an elite play finisher. That's why we need to take Taylor Hendricks and find or a way Cam to Whitmore. get him or Cam Whitmore or Grady Dick. At all costs, we need to get one of those three because what we need now above everything else is a play finisher. And I could I could see that. I would be surprised if they did that, but I do think that it's not impossible. I do think that they would probably rather go playmaker again because I don't think this team is going to be built conventionally. Yeah. And I don't think they want to be con- a conventional team. And so... I think that... Yeah, I just I think you're absolutely right, and it's the thing that Sam. We talked about this earlier in the podcast. Is the evolution in Sam's roster building is the reality that he's not being reactive to the way of the NBA, but he's actually trying to be kind of more trend setting. Yeah, Tori, if you remember the Kendrick Perkins edition, that was yeah. directly reactive to, and he may have to do that at some point. Yeah, if there's continuously this you know wall that they can't get through, but Kendrick yeah. Perkins was at it because at that time. Andrew Bynum and Paul Gasol, Paul Gasol were were yeah the team and the they Grizzlies were big. and yep. it was the Nuggets. So and you it was needed the Spurs you needed and, a big dude. Yeah, out and west so, you had to have somebody big. I do wonder if Sam is saying instead of trying to tailor make this roster to fit the NBA as currently constructed, what if we are the team that makes other people shift the way they have to construct their teams? Yeah, I think you would love to be able to be that. Yeah. And I think that they'll they're going to have a chance because they're going to be super weird. Even starting with next so year, so weird. They're going to be a really intriguing I cannot team. wait. League, they're going to be one of the top league pass teams next year. Which is this this group, not even counting what they do at the draft. If it was just this group, this would be like top five league pass team for almost everybody. 
and it's they're going to have options in this draft just because I'm not sure that everybody, every team loves this draft, and I don't know who the Thunder like. I don't think anybody knows. I know that Bilal Kulabali is somebody that is has apparently been promised in the lottery. Whether that's a Thunder promise or not, I don't know. I think everybody always assumes that because if there is a promise, people always land that with the Thunder. That's not necessarily true. It's also it's also not necessarily not true. I don't know. Um, and that's Jonathan Wasserman's the one that that first floated that, right? Yeah. And also, this is just also the time of year. The smoke screen. Where everybody lies. Yeah. Everybody's lying. No one, everybody wants everybody to feel uneasy about what the other teams are going to do and how they're going to do it. So I just, this is just the time of year where I just don't believe. You know, a few years ago, we were talking about James Booknight and like felt certain that that Up was going to be day of. Thought that was going to be the guy for the, the day Thunder. Of. And what draft was that? Giddy? That was a giddy draft. We just don't know. Like, Can we you just, imagine? We just don't know. We just don't know <laughs> how awful we would feel if. Now, and I don't know, man. I feel bad because Book Knight could be a totally different player. Nope. On this team. Nope. I just the the Hornets, man. But the Hornets apparently just hated him from the moment he walked in the door. Yeah, but I'm like, can you imagine how absolutely awful we'd feel if we'd have drafted Book Knight instead of Giddy? Feel like drafting Emmanuel Mudiay. Yeah, instead of Devin and you're Booker. Just like, gosh, what have we done? Or getting Trey Lyles instead of Donovan Mitchell? Yes, you're making me now hate the Nuggets. Like y'all don't deserve this. You, you <laughs> so made too many haphazardly built this ro- <laughs> roster. You can make mistakes. Generational players cover a multitude of sins. Man, that's what Jokic is. Yeah. All right, keep going. Sorry. All right. Uh, Let's uh let's go. Are are you miffed and are you peeved? Miff, 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 miffed and peeved. You know, mine. I'm not. I always try to think about this leading up to these podcasts, and it's yep. always hard because I'm I'm a naturally forgetful person and a pretty optimistic guy by nature, and so mine is always situationally stupid. Like Monday was Memorial Day. It yeah. was supposed to be an all day. Be outside, pool day, cooking. Yeah. And it just was overcast and raining. It was not great. All day. Yeah, it's true. That was a pretty big bummer. I was miffed and peeved about that. But yeah. anyway, that, but that's that's so lame. I didn't cut my lip off or my nose off with a razor. and I didn't have to walk down a set of stairs. Uh, I miffed yesterday. So my kids really love Legos and they particularly love the Lego series Ninjago. Yesterday was the release of season 17 of Ninjago. And with that comes an entire new, like 16 new sets or whatever. Yeah, Lego, man. And they have figured it out. June 1st dropped. Everybody, my kids are all pumped up. We've been talking about it for weeks. We're all, they watched like several of the episodes on Netflix. They're all pumped up. They're like, we load up in the car to go to the Lego store. My son saved up a ton of money to buy you know one of these big lego sets are they watching these lego sets on youtube oh yes yeah that's what my son does all the time and so we get to the lego store they have all of the sets there they're all so pumped up they all go grab them and the lady at the front's like hey listen these lego sets are not put into our system and so you can't buy them and 
they're holding them, but like we just can't check you out. But we can put them on hold for you in the back until they get put in the system. And then we're like, okay, so like, how long are we going to, like, are we talking here? Like, is this going to be like an hour or something? So we stayed at the mall for a couple hours, just like walking around, bebopping. They played in the Lego store for a while and like still just like nothing. Like they're like scanning them like, yeah, they're not in the system. But like you can physically hold the boxes. We could have just like taken them and just ran out. Like, what are you going to do? They're not in your system. You know? Um, anyway, super miffed. My How kids, long did it take? We don't, we still haven't gotten word that they're in the system yet. So like we have all these Lego sets like, on hold in the Lego store, sitting there, but somebody somebody's getting fired at Lego for sure. Because if you and if you're not in Oklahoma City, the Lego stores in Penn Square Mall, which is, I mean, it's not a convenient drive from your house. I mean, it's like twenty minutes ish, and then you have to get to the mall park. Walk it's, through. Yes, I mean it's so it's, it's not it's not like a, oh I'll just jump over there and grab it anytime. Like you yeah, have it's not to, a, you have to set it's not Quell Springs. You have to set the it's time apart Springs. in the day to go do it. Yeah, it it was pretty frustrating. And my kid and that and then you have to deal with like the disappointment of like this like preteen angsty. Let kid. alone the fact that like you had at least a couple hours of them just being solidly entertained by something. And then, yes, exactly. Because it was going to be like, hey, we're going to go home. You're going to build gonna, these things. You're going to build their Lego sets while we watch the NBA Finals. It's going to yep. be beautiful. You know, my, my four-year-old's like throwing himself on the ground. Like, just like, <laughs> no, I want, you know, it, it's just, this is just a disaster made by some <laughs> moron at Lego who forgot to put the Ninjago sets into the system. And I guess it's in all of North America, not just like the Lego store. Which I'm just like, can you, okay, I mean, can you not just like... I guess there's some. There is a reason I understand that, but just like you can see the price. Oh, trust me, I typed the number in. I talked, I talked them through several scenarios <laughs> that made sense in my brain of what they could hey, do. Listen, so I don't that know I could buy anything these. about your store, what yeah. you do, but you can just type that. We can actually just give you the cash. It's like, can I just buy it online and then show you that I bought it and you just hand it to me? Like, could you do that? You know. Man, if you're not into Legos, you are missing out on <sighs> like it is a whole phenomenon where oh, they have dates where they're releasing like my my son's birthday's in August and so yeah. he's like got all of the ones he wants to try to get which he's he'll be 14. Yeah. Oh. Still still all in on Legos. There's people of all ages walking into that well, store. Well, man, man's almost man's 40. Into, yeah, I know. Almost 40, hell man. <laughs> oh no. Uh like so much for listening to our show. Uh, We'll have more draft content coming at you guys next week. Hope you guys enjoy your weekend. We'll talk to you guys again on Monday.